Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about photo shoot prep. Whether you're dieting down now for a shoot yourself, it's something you've always wanted to do, or maybe you're just dieting down in general and you want to feel and look a bit healthier, this is going to be a great podcast for you. It's got a load of tips, tricks and advice for that journey uh, and it's an absolutely great listen. We're going to be talking with Jack Cherrington, an online coach and PT. He's phenomenal at his job and we're going to be talking about our own experiences in getting ready for a photo shoot as well as coaching clients ourselves to getting into photo shoot shape. What that road to photo shoot looks like, what the journey feels like, some of the roadblocks and barriers you're going to face along the way, how you can navigate them. Um, and what you need to be doing after the photo shoot or that diet period to make sure that you maintain those results you've worked so hard for. It's a fantastic listen. I'm sure you'll take tons away from it and I hope you've enjoyed it just as much as I do. Um, yeah, enjoy. Cool. Right, Jack, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. You have recently done your photo shoots. We're going to jump on today and talk a little bit about shoots, prep for shoots, maybe the diet after the diet. I think that's something that we are both going through right now. I think we're very oh, keen yes. on, on talking about. So um, first of all, big question is, why does your Instagram handle not have a K in it? Why are you called ah. Jack Fitness without K? Because that- Mate, I, 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 I love this, right? So this, this is really interesting. Like the amount of people that message me, like, hi, Jack, and they just put JAC, yeah. shows they haven't had a look at my profile. Uh, and it ultimately means that potentially as somebody that I either don't want to work up to or they're trying to just force me to sell products for them. <laughs> the, the reason for it is it's my initials. But oh, it still says Jack. See, haha, smart. See, yeah. I thought it was just because the name wasn't wasn't available. Because when I was looking, I was looking for Instagram handles, and I was like, you know what? I just want my name. Like I just want Jack Simons, just my name, or like Jack underscore Simons. And every variation is taken. And the, the one that I want has got a little Jar Jar Binks photo. I don't think they've uploaded any pictures to their account. It's a private account. I'm fuming. But yeah, I just thought I'd ask that. I've, I've always wondered it. It's a good one to uh, kick off with, isn't it? Wait, hold on a second. What do you mean Jar Jar Binks? So the, the account I want, I want, I want like, I think it's like Jack underscore Simons or something on Instagram. Um, yeah. My photo is literally little Jar Jar Binks. Jack underscore Simons. And it's oh it's, right, so you hate me ever it. since. Someone else has got it, and Jar Jar Binks. But all of them, there's loads of like Star Wars ones. There's a little Yoda one there. There's Jar Jar Binks. I'm pretty sure I've seen a um, R2D2 one. So there's some uh, fanboys out there with my name, but you know, is what it I, is. I, I get that. To be fair, the reason I don't use it is because my name is just so long. My surname is just so long, so that's why I don't use it. It's the Charrington. Charrington. Yeah, yeah. So you had your shoot recently. How was it? How did it go? How do you feel? Give us a bit of a bit of an update. Yeah, so she was five, well, over a month ago now. That's mad. Wow. That. Not that recent. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, not really. Uh, 18th of August was the shoot. Uh, it was sick, really, really good. Dieted hard, got pretty shredded. Uh, thankfully, got a bit of extra shape on me, which made me look pretty muscular. Um, you, mate, amazing. You, you looked, uh, you did look unreal. <laughs> I remember looking at those photos and just being like, fucking bastard. Like, I was like, I've got mine coming up. I was like, gee. Geez, I've got to live up to this now. Like some high yeah. standards were set. You looked honestly yeah. top notch. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing compared to like Connor, but I'm like, a, I'm a dense kid. Like if you compare comparatively <laughs> to like some other people, especially with the group of boys that we have, yeah. uh, I am, I'm short stocky. I am that, that scrum half rugby player, fullback boy that just is just like thick, thick. Yeah, condensed. thick with an extra, extra K, right? Thick, um, condensed, yeah. Yeah, it just uh, rear, rear delt pops. Um, 
essentially, yeah, it was sick. It was a euphoric experience. I really loved it. It was, I didn't think I would like it as much, but I don't know if that's because I had the attention on me looking shredded, good pump on. I knew that I had food literally right next to me. But like, yeah, yeah really, really cool experience. So I think, yeah, we, so we both shot with um, Ben Mark, who, again, I think we both agree, fantastic what he does, makes you feel extremely comfortable. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've, essentially, I turned up yesterday for my shoot walked into some bloke's garage and within five minutes he was rubbing coconut oil on me now most situations you would look at that and go okay dodgy but you know whatever like i messaged a guy online paid him some money and he rubbed some coconut oil on me but when it reality, me. yeah well yeah the reality of the situation was actually he's incredibly fresh and he's very very good at what he does he makes you feel i think the, the art of having a, a good photographer is going to be key to a good shoot and how the photos turn out at the end of the day is obviously you know number one but the other part of that is someone who makes not just someone who can take good photos but someone who makes you feel comfortable in, in what you're doing and, and on the day just um giving you that extra confidence boost like no matter what shape you turn up in he's going to give you that kind of extra like boost of confidence and make you feel just class about yourself and he knows what he's doing he knows how to pose you you, you can go in with no knowledge at all or you could go in with some or tons of knowledge and you'll come out learning something which i think is really really like beneficial in that sense yeah and, and like I, like there's a reason that he's probably a top 10 like fitness photographer in the uk and i'd probably say he's going higher at the moment like we we know him through our mentorship and we know how yeah. capable he is of taking some quality photos whether that's like lifestyle shoots bikinis confidence ones for the ladies in their underwear or guys coconut oil up with a fake tan on looking oh, that, jacked no, I, trying to I did tense. that one. I did the underwear Oh, you, you one. did? Yeah, 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 did that, a, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one I did yesterday. But um, with, with the rain pour and everything, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, good photographer, I think, is, is key to it. And obviously, you know, obviously dieting down is the other side of things and, you know, something we're going to talk about a bit today. But I think, well, how long, how long were you dieting down for for that? When did you start and when did you... When, well, in fact, where, what weight were you when you started as well? Uh, so start of this year, uh, I was 83.4 kg. That was nice. I think that's what that's what I clocked in at on the very first number on the scales. Um, and I did a period of dieting on my own. I was like, you know what? Things need to change right now. Mm. I've got nine. I got 79.95 on the end of end of January. That's what it says here on my Renfo. Oh. Yeah. Um, measure. However, I know that I did start at 83 because I'd weighed myself at the gym in the early morning. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was like, things need to change really kind of kick gear did about 16 weeks of my own dieting. I think I got down to 77. So I'd lost a good, like five, six kg, just moved more, didn't have as many takeaways. And then I hired my first coach ever. Um, oh, you, you never worked with a guy a coach I've been following. That never worked with wow, a coach okay. before that nice yeah but i knew that i wanted to work with this guy i knew that my first coach would be this guy and uh, i knew that he would probably be my coach for a long time just because i like how he lives i know i like how he acts i like what he preaches as a coach so yeah. I, I, yeah. as soon as he did that i knew i was you know it was game time so i think that's that's a, a decision a lot of people do make when they get in a photo shoot because it's like it's not a I, I don't think it's a small thing to do i think it's for me and, and my clients, I, I do kind of praise it as a really nice milestone to kind of 
look at where how far you've come because it is a, it's a fucking big achievement getting down uh, like lean yeah. enough for a shoot and and looking in good shape and for most people that's not only probably the lightest they've weighed in years or since high school or whatever but it's probably the best shape they've ever been in, in their life and it's something to kind of really go this is what i've achieved and all the hard work you've been because you put in months of you know training nutrition to get this spot and it's really important and a coach is a decision a lot of people decide to kind of take that decision on with and go right that that's what i'm gonna do because if you're gonna go do a photo shoot you're gonna take it seriously and you're gonna put put the effort in i think getting that coaching decision is, is really nice it takes all the stress away from it takes all the decision making away from it and if you're in experienced hands with someone who's done it before then you you know it's just like having ben mark take your photos you know he's really capable at what he does instead of just trying it with you know some photographer who's never taken a photo in your life and you're like what are these photos gonna end up like the lighting's bad they're all blurry just smudges looks like bigfoot photos and like footage you know what i mean so you need to be careful with your choices and take it seriously so going with a coach is a fantastic one and it's just about like if i'm going to do this i think a lot of the time it's about committing 100 percent. it's not like i'm a half ass this it's like i'm gonna to get to this and i'm gonna fucking go for it and i think that's it's to me it's one of the best things you can do off the back of a diet yeah i think that like it gives you another level of commitment to yourself to push yourself to a position mm. that you never thought is possible by saying hey i'm i'm oh, oh shit now i'm gonna do this now yeah. this is something that I'm going to push myself to the max with to see what what you're capable of. And, and initially, I didn't think as well. Doing yeah, exactly. And just and just being like, oh, now I'm doing this. Okay, now I've got to really make sure that I look good for it, and yeah. I don't want to get to the actual shoot day and look crap. Really, like, no one wants to look crap when they're having the photo taken. Well, that's that's the. I think that pushes you, doesn't it? Like you you suddenly realize like maybe maybe a bit further out, you're like, oh, I've got time, I've got time, and then you suddenly look at the progress you're making and the rate of progress you've been making and you go, Oh, I've, I've got, I've got something to go. And then kind of, I think a mistake a lot of people make, if you were sort of prepping yourself for it, people underestimate how much fat they've got to lose. And oh, it's, 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 it's always a lot more than you, uh, than you think it would be. So a lot of people think that, and I work with clients and they're like, right, I think I need to get down this way. And I'm like, mm, maybe a touch, yeah. maybe a, maybe a yeah. little more, but maybe an extra 10 kg mate <laughs> yeah but it's it's um you you really do underestimate how much body fat like even i did it right at the start i was like probably got about 10 kg to go down and then i sort of hit that 10 kg mark and i was like i've got a lot further to go and I had another maybe i think i ate i hit 83 83 and a half and i was like oh, i've got another five kgs to go here um and it really that really kind of kicked in at that point where i was like right i've really got to put the fucking pedal 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 to the metal pedal to the metal put the pedal to the floor go full speed and just like you know i need to get serious with this because i've not got a long time like we went to ifs a few what was that two months ago now and i remember saying to you i was like i have not prepared well enough for this i need to to be a bit more extreme so i had to go quite hard at that point Um, yeah you went you went tougher then because i I know how many calories you were consuming in that that was that was brutal amounts the, to be fair, off the back of uh, at IFS, I was on lower calories because um, what was it? What had I done the day before? I did something the day before. Where I was like very high on calories oh, yeah, you- for whatever reason. I was like, if it was a normal dieting situation, I'd probably just go, oh, well, bank a few calories, do a bit of extra movement, not worry about it. But because I had like a time deadline, I was like, 
I'm, I'm happy with being a bit strict here and going like quite hard over the weekend. And to be fair, didn't bother me too much. Like I'm quite, I'm quite okay with um, pushing myself at times. I think there is, you know, there's always a time you need that, but it's, yeah, uh, and you need, you've got to, nail you need it. to accept, exactly. And you need to accept that you're going to be hungry on this journey. Yeah. So I think that, well, a lot of people make that mistake, don't they? They assume that they get into a calorie deficit and they're like, oh, well, you know, I, there's no discomfort. There's nothing, there's nothing in there. The way I try and phrase it for people is, you know, when you go to the gym and you lift weights, that's uncomfortable. Lifting weights, getting close to failure, lifting heavy, that's not enjoyable. Like what, during the set, it's not enjoyable. It's quite painful. I think you do learn to love it. Like I do kind of go and I'm, I'm expecting that and I do quite enjoy it now. But I like that, mate. Yeah. At the start, I'm, you're like, fuck that. No way at all. Like I hate it. And it's the same with dieting. Like unless you give your body that reason to adapt, why is it going to adapt? So hunger is normal in the deficit. Essentially when you're in a deficit, your, your, your body's not getting enough energy to run. And that's, you know, that's why it's tapping into stored body fat. So you can run. So you are going to feel a little bit hungry. Um, you're not getting enough energy in. There are of course strategies to approach that. And I think these are key, key to dieting down and, and making sure that you get to the end of the diet and to your photo shoot in good shape and don't, you know, end up like a wrecked car on the side of the road. But, you know, number one, big one, I think, well, actually, let's let's go into that. It's a really good kind of topic to, to go off is some key strategies for dieting down and getting ready for the diet. So for me, number one, uh, massive, massive one is the choice of food you make. You compare two things. Let's say you compare peanut butter to vegetables. It's the one I always go with. A tablespoon of peanut butter is about 95 to 115 calories, depending on the brand you choose. And Size also- could easily be size of scoop could easily knock that up to 200 calories. I know I get quite liberal when I'm uh, bulking with peanut butter. I'm like, that's a tablespoon. And it's like a bowl full, but um, yeah, let's say a tablespoon anywhere from about hundred to could be yeah 200 calories. If you have a big scoop, compare that to the equivalent amount of vegetables, you get a massive bowl full of vegetables, for 200 calories, like huge, huge quantities um, for 200 calories. And it's all about those smart choices. So when you're dieting down, you are going to be limited on calories. It's a reality situation. It, it's something you've got to accept. And it's one of those things you've got to do to get to the position you want to be in. But if you make smart choices, I was very rarely starving, like on, on that whole trip, uh, you know, between where I was to where I, where I got to, which was quite lean. And I went from, I was working with a coach before last, this is last year, this is ages ago, um, working with a coach and, he took me up to about 99.8 kilos. I think I was, I was like 0.2 kilos off hundred kilos and bear in mind, I'm 78 kilos at the moment after the, after the shoot, that's a big drop. And I'm very, that, that, that's, that's a big, big drop to do. And I'm quite lean now, yeah. but clearly that coach didn't have my best intentions at heart. Like I, I when I get a coach, I trust him hundred percent. I'm like, cool. But knowing what I know, I was like, this isn't right. Like something's not right here. And I was like, yeah. And I just didn't, I really saw the photos. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like you can, you can see that it wasn't like his approach to yeah. bringing you up to that, like, like, like gaining phase. He's approached it like a dirty bulk. Okay, like and you know, I, in some ways I'm not that annoyed at it because it kind of gave me the experience of, of learning how, how that process went and, and what like a dirty bulk would be like, but it ultimately, I didn't gain any more muscle than I would have done. And as, as a natural kind of athlete, you, you do not gain as much muscle as someone who would be on like performance enhancing substances. In that case, if you were on like PEDs and you went on a big dirty bulk, there might be a benefit to it because you can put on a fuck ton of muscle. But 
someone natural, you're probably off with a small surplus, maybe even like that whole kind of gain-taining approach to, to adding weight. But my point is that was a big drop that I had to go through. And at no point was I starved, like I need food in my belly right now, like maybe once, maybe twice. And they were very high activity days. But the reason for that was because of food choices. And something I work with clients a lot with is the whole approach of volume eating. I, I say, if you can have one meal a day that is high, high volume food uh, meal, you generally are okay because they're quite high fiber. You generally get a bit of lean protein in there. Two very, very satiating things to be consuming. Um, and then the actual volume of the meal is so big that it kind of fills up your stomach. So smart food choices along the way is my sort of number one key goal to get in there is, is keeping sane and keeping full along that journey. High vol volume food choices, stuff like leafy greens, vegetables, um, stuff like lean proteins as well, helping that in that whole thing. And yeah, that's my number one. What about you? Um, if you're not making progress, look at your adherence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's been, I mean, it's, it's so blatantly obvious, but I think there's so many people are like quick to go, oh, maybe I should have an extra 25 minutes of cardio. Oh, maybe I should do another workout. Oh, maybe I should increase my steps. Yeah. If you look at your general adherence to improving your sleep, managing your stress and actually sticking to your calories, I'll hold my hands up. Like sometimes I have not been accurate in my food that I trapped during my dieting phase. There will definitely be times I've gone, oh, it's a little bit of extra peanut butter right there. Oh, sir. It's an extra half a bit of mayonnaise. Yeah. I know that I've done that. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that I made, I, I, I did that. Did it mean I went into the shoot looking my worst? No, I was very fortunate that for a first time shoot, I looked phenomenal because I backed my coach and backed myself. But like, if you're ever dieting and you are not seeing the progress, it is 99.9% .9 of the time, it'll be down to adherence rather mm. than anything else. It's that whole thing of regression to the mean, isn't it? Like you got there in a very good shape because even though you're, you might've had days where you're not as accurate as you would have wanted to be, you regressing to your, your mean, sort of your average of accuracy is quite high because it's something you pay attention to and you try and achieve and keep high. So those days yeah. you go a bit over or go a bit under, the fluctuation doesn't matter that much because overall your accuracy is pretty damn high. Yeah, someone else who their average, their their mean is is quite low. If you have a day that's really, really accurate, amazing. But if all the rest of your days are, you know, 50% accuracy or 60% accuracy, don't don't blame the program, don't blame anything else. You need to have a look at what you're doing because ultimately it's the way the way I kind of look at it is on paper, it's very easy to put someone in a deficit. Like, you know, the the equations we work it out with give a good estimate. And then roughly from there, you can pretty much work out roughly where people need to be. And even if it's not hundred percent, you'll still see progress in one or the other directions. And then you can make the adjustments from there. The thing is people almost look at it as if like, Oh, that, that number might be wrong though, or it's not, not correct. Like if you've done it in any, any good way and you've made any good effort towards it, even if it is a touch off, which usually is a little bit off because it is an estimate. It's, it's trial still, and error. It's still going in the right direction. So maybe let's say you were trying to put someone in a 500 calorie deficit, just for example, right? And actually for them, it's on paper, it's 500 calories, but actually for them, it's about 350 calorie deficit. You're still in a deficit, so you should still be losing weight. So it's like people are almost trying to like trick the system and go like, oh, well, if you know this is happening and I'm doing X, Y, Z things and maybe, maybe my calories aren't right. No, probably, you know, like you're saying, a lot of the time it is, adherence levels and that goes not even just for photo shoot threat that's just dieting in general 
have a look at your accuracy and and be something that you maintain a good level of and try and keep that mean average relatively high because that's going to carry you forwards very very fast and then you know if that average is high and things aren't moving then you definitely know that okay it's something else that needs changing yeah definitely and i think then the next thing is probably like uh, reducing decision fatigue and accepting that you can you can eat boring food 60% of the time and then you, the rest of the time you can have a little bit more spice and variety of life if you keep spice breakfast and lunch exactly yeah if you keep uh, breakfast and meal too for instance I don't like using that terminology because I think it's boring. But yeah. if you literally have breakfast and lunch and you keep it exactly the same, you've got freedom to have a little bit of uh, room with your snacks and also your your dinner meal. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like. I've not I've not thought about that, but that's a that's I like that one. It's kind of that kind of eighty twenty rule to dieting. And um, there's I'm sure there's a stat, isn't there? A, I don't know if you've heard this, but the, I'm sure on if you take someone's diet on average, people generally eat like the same like twenty six or like thirty foods. All, so all yeah for most people they rotate through a, um, a variety of 26 different food groups and instantly every single person in their head listening to this right now will be like what no that's not true yeah. but i guarantee you if you were to record your food and look over it it would probably be pretty accurate Wait, i'm one of those boring people that can eat any <laughs> every, the same thing week on week on week robotic yeah just because i am that monotonous person yeah uh, but I'm, I'm the same but i have also been the person who likes variation before so I can see both sides, but even if you're a person who likes variation, I, I can almost guarantee anyone listening to this hasn't woke up and had like, you know, shakshuka for breakfast today and then, you know, a salad for lunch and then chili con carne for dinner. And then tomorrow they've had, you know, poached eggs on toast and then their lunch has been a chicken it's, pasta. Do you know what I mean? Someone not, is living life if that's what they're that's, doing. It's not the case because a lot of us just kind of cook some food, cook generally the same foods. I can tell you mine, it's, it's largely hummus chicken vegetables rice pasta rice cakes almond milk protein like i can almost list it off because you're still prepping are you still prepping ah well 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 this is what we're going to be talking about very soon in the whole diet after diet which i think is key 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 but um yeah we'll get we'll get to that because uh it is important but you're, you're right keeping things relatively the same for some meals because let's be honest we probably all have the same breakfast every day. You wake up, maybe you change the cereal brand a little bit, but it's still cereal. Do you know what I mean? Like change your, your breakfast up a touch. But for the most part, that decision fatigue, I quite like that one. That's uh, I've not thought about that one before, but I do, I do really like that one. And again, it's, it's, it, you've got to remember what the goal is here. The goal isn't to have, you know, a culinary experience of your lifetime while you're dieting down. It is to get to the end goal. And as with anything, there is, uh, what's the word? Sacrifices to be made. As with anything, there are sacrifices to be made. And it might be the case that you want to get to your photo shoot, you want to diet down, you want to lose that body fat, build that muscle, but you're gonna have to make some sacrifices to get there. But likewise, if you don't want to do that and you don't want to make those sacrifices, that itself is a sacrifice. So you're now sacrificing your goals, the body fat that you want to lose, the muscle you want to build. So you either make the sacrifices to get those or the goals you want to achieve become the sacrifice. So it's, it's treading that, that way. I like, I like that. Yeah. I like thinking it that way. It's, it's, there's all, there's always there's pros and cons to everything, isn't there? And like in life, just in general, like you've got, you've got to pick what you want. You either, you either do one thing or you do the other thing, but either way you kind of give up the, the, the benefit of the other one in most cases, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. So I think, there's some good approaches when you're dieting down. Obviously, 
the actual approaches you take are very key. And that's, I think, why um, a lot of people go with coaches and PTs to get to their end result is because, um, well, there's that, there's that stat, isn't there? 95% of diets fail. And I think the reason for that is because of the approaches people take are so unsustainable. And most of the time, it's fad diets, it's crash dieting, it's taking calories far too low. Like of the 95% of diets that fail, first year, people are 50 to 70% of people gain back or regain more weight than they initially lost in the second, second year or third year. I think it's like second or third year is 85%. And then you expand that to sort of three to five year range, 95% of people end back where they started or higher. So yeah. straight off the bat. The thing is, diet, I don't, I, yeah, I, you got, yeah. The thing is, I didn't like, I didn't like that study at all. You know, Cause when I, you look I at it, right. True. Hmm. I think that this this is the thing to remember. Like, is that, that the the dieting approaches that used were pretty severe as well when they went through it. I think it was like what was it, eight hundred calorie diet or something like that. That one was, and then the drop off rate from people completing year one, year two, year three, and then to year five dropped as well. Yeah, and I think like like it's difficult to use that figure and that reference and apply it to every single individual because then it's almost like a case that you're creating a a narrative that that's going to happen to you it's like oh well i'm i'm 95 chance yeah. gonna fail yeah. so i might as well i might as well just not try it I, like you're creating that self-fulfilling prophecy i think i think that is the case if you go into it that plan i think the whole point of what the point i'm trying to make is if you go into it with a out with with a plan and with the right approaches you're not you wouldn't even be close to that 95 percent because you'll be that five percent who get through it in in the end so regardless of if you agree with how the study was carried out or what what it's what it's got to the the point of the matter is if you want to be in the percentage of people which there is going to be a percentage of people who gain regain weight and, and don't if you want to be in the percentage of people who don't regain weight and don't sort of yo-yo up and down year after year regaining and losing the same 10 20 pounds then you need to make sure that your approaches are one in in line with getting to where you want to be but then sort of managing it out the back end which again we're going to talk about in a, in a bit but yeah i think this is the whole thing with it that's that's like that could be a whole other podcast mate mm. i think it's the um like one of the defining factors there is that at some point your identity needs to shift away from the person you currently are to the person that you want to become and if those habits don't fall in line with this new identity you're creating you will regress to that mean which is gaining those 20 pounds back hundred percent. So it's, it's about, it's a lifestyle change at the end of the day, isn't it? Let's, let's be honest. Like I think people see dieting nowadays as almost like a means to an end. Like you do the diet and then that's all right. That's you're done. And that's, I think actually, yeah. in fact, that's why people regain a lot of weight is because they set a target. And then when they get to it, they're like, cool, fuck it button. I'm done. I'm out. And those habits and behaviors that you you had those approaches to food and training you had in the past, which got you to the place where you were unhappy, you were un overweight, unfit, unhealthy, didn't have any energy, whatever it is. Those habits, behaviors, approaches to food and nutrition are what got you there. And you've changed those over time to reach your new goal body weight, where you are fitter, healthier, happier, more confident. You've got energy levels. Your relationships have improved off the back of it. Your work's improving. Your sleep is improving. Life's better. You get to that point and then because of the approach you took to get from A to B, not being 
a change of lifestyle or something like a fad diet or jumping on a shake diet, detox, whatever you did to get there, because you can't keep that up for life because none of us want drinks, protein shakes for every single meal of the day or, you know, do booty tea, like skinny teas that make you shit your pants to lose weight. None of us want to do that for the rest of our life. So then people get to that end result and then they just go back to their old habits and behaviors and then they just slowly move back to where they originally were. And then they just do I that it's over because, yeah. and over and over. Because they haven't been taught how to do it, right? They don't, they, they're like, I know how to diet. I know what I need to do. Yes, I know I need to be in a calorie deficit. Yes, I know I need to lift weights. Yes, I know I need, I know I need to um, get my activity up. But then yeah. like, cool, I've hit this goal. Now what do I do? And because so many people think that, that that fat loss and that end result of losing X amount of weight is that end goal without realizing it's that you need to then go to a point where you are eating more food, still maintaining lifestyle, but allowing yourself the flexibility to be plus or minus three or four kg away from yeah. where you where you got down to. And I think that's, this is one thing that I have only just realized to me, right? And it's in the reflection of like the fitness industry and the diet industry is that I don't want to be eating diet foods for the rest of my life. I know I'll still make conscious efforts to get some of them all the time. But one of the things that I, that I consistently do not like seeing on Instagram is when I see female fitness influencers, that are like, Oh my God, you shouldn't be eating 1500 calories. You should be eating 1800 calories. I'm like, no, because somebody hasn't had the chance to get to that lean position to then build us their calories and their metabolism back up to the point where they're in that reverse diet phase where they can eat that more food you haven't earned the right to eat 1800 to 2300 calories because you haven't got lean yet i think so many people forget that so yeah i i completely agree with that and I, it's it's sort of like you will see uh you see a load of coaches do this actually and they some of them are really high profile coaches and i'm like what the fuck like what's going on here They'll put, they put question boxes up uh, and th- someone will say, my coach has said, I need to be eating X amount of calories, you know, 1500 calories. I'm a six foot male and I, you know, I lift three times a week. And then they're like, shit coach, mate, fire them, get a new one. Or uh, you, you need to have a word with your coach or whatever. Right. And you, I, I've seen this on so many different profiles, but they're answering from that with like three lines of text there's no context to that right and a lot of the time there's it's it's some of the coaches might be taking a certain approach that they're not even aware of or aren't sure of so for example how do you know that person wasn't losing weight on their initial thing or the person asking the question has gone to get a coach so realistically are they approaching it from a point that they understand fully how the dieting phase works and how they go about it or it could be a coach that it could be a case that the, the client who's asking the question is saying, why am I on this so many low calories? And they've consistently been, like you were saying, their mean average of tracking accuracy is stupidly low. And that coach has done everything possible to try and get it up. They've been working with them forever to try and get that accuracy up. And then they've just got to a point where they've gone, fine, let's play your own game. Like if you're not going to be accurate, then I need to bring the calories lower because I know you're consistently eating 600 calories more than you say you are. And it's about playing a game like that. Now, am I saying that that is always the right approach? No, definitely not. But it's like you're saying with that, it's answering something without the context of the person who's in it and how they've approached things. And also knowing the person, like um, it, it is something that is relatively annoying and you, you have to kind of earn the right to be able to give that advice 
by knowing the approach that someone's taking and how they're going about it. You can't just give blanket statement advice. Like anyone listen to this podcast, um, I mean, we're going to talk about reverse diet and we're going to probably talk about peak week approaches and stuff, but don't come off the back of this and go, I need to be eating X amount of carbs, do X, Y, Z things because it's not specific to you. And everyone is so different and individual that you need to find the yeah. approach that works for you to get to the end result you want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have, I have a best friend and um, she is not a fan of me prescribing 1200 calories to a female, but I was like, yeah. sure. But this lady sat at a desk for eight hours a day, barely even trains, overweight, has PCOS. Like what, what do you want me to do? Like, like just because you follow someone who's anti-diet doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm doing as a coach. I'm not doing anything negative to them. This person says here they've got a goal of getting in shape. I've tried every approach I can. So I'm cutting our calories. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's that whole thing of, as well. Like at the end of the day, to lose weight, you need to be in a deficit. If you're not in a deficit, you're not losing weight. If you've tried everything and then you're like, okay, everything is in line 100% and they're still not losing weight. It's like bringing that average of tracking accuracy up and you've changed everything else. Now it's a case of, okay, either calories need to go up down or your energy expenditure needs to go up. And that's it. There's, there's no two yeah. ways about it. It's you need to create more of a deficit. That's yeah. it. There's, there's, no, there's no like differences. And I understand like you will experience metabolic adaptation over a diet. Your metabolism, your BMR is going to slow down a little bit. Is it as extreme as most pe people say? Probably not. Exactly. But you do experience, it doesn't mean that you don't experience it to some extent and it will affect you a little bit. Um, and that's the whole kind of reason why we do this diet after the diet it's that reverse diet it's how you come out the back of diet you've done all the work you've got to your end result you've done everything you need to do you've made those sacrifices you've done your shoot which is a, is a key one now what do you just hit yeah. the fuck it button and you end up in that 95 percent, or do you want to be that kind of percentage that who keep their results and i think there is a two things that i think are important here number one i personally believe that there is kind of a set body weight people generally sit at for your kind of thing like i think you generally if if most people don't watch, watch what they eat but they're not kind of too ott about it i think but most people kind of fluctuate around the same way they're generally healthy i think that's just the case i do think you can lower that and i do think you can raise that based off what you do and i think that's where reverse diet comes in is you've done the diet you've reached your end goal you've got your new kind of low body weight if you just come off the back of that with no approach, no plan, you just creep back up to where you were. But I think okay. if you take this reverse diet approach, you bring your calories back up to maintenance, you're okay gaining a little bit of body fat. Cause again, it's hard to be shredded year round. Like it's, it's not realistic. Not fun. Um, it's not fun as well. It's fuck, like, fuck that. Like I want beers. I want to go and have a nice pizza every now and then. And oh, I'm having shit. one tomorrow. Yeah. What are you having? I don't know yet. House mates are choosing. Again, I don't want to share a thing. Sorry, coach. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> we know you're listening, Matt. We know you're listening. Um, yeah, he's, it, it's, you reverse that out of it. You, you, it's the approach which is kind of most in line with maintaining your new body weight. And I think personally, if you can maintain that for a long, longer period of time, you can almost reset that kind of set body weight that you naturally sit at to the lower level. So if you are naturally a bit overweight and have always been that and it's kind of fluctuated around that, I think you can bring it down, but it's that it's that it's, it's that kind of amalgamation of both getting the results, doing it in a sustainable way in that change of lifestyle, and then the reverse diet out, which is what helps you maintain that off the back end. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, I think so. So I think with regards to what do you want to go on? Do you want to go on reverse diet or do you want to go into some peak week and then reverse diet? Uh, we can we can talk peak week. I mean, like, I didn't really do much for my peak week other than what did you do? Just other than just normal shave and get a tan mate yeah we decided that it was better off not doing any kind of water reduction or increase or eat into the show just based on it one being my first one ever that was ne- unnecessary to do it yeah i was shredded early you look sick anyway so, so yeah i was broke, shredded don't fix it <laughs> exactly i was shredded early so that we could like matt likes to work off the approach that the muscle nerds uh team use when it comes to like peak weeks and shows which is to eat into the show so if i was a bodybuilder the approach that they would be taking would be that we would get lean about one to two weeks out mm-hmm. give us a good refeed see what i look like full give us another seven or eight days of being at a lower calorie deficit maybe drop an extra couple of kg with some yep. water weight reduction and then go back into like two or three days of giving us higher calories and higher carbohydrates so that I've got like 800 grams of carbs in me over the course of like 24 hours to see how big I would look from that. Like whatever that decision is, we decided not to do that. And I don't mind too much because I came out the back end looking like it. I think for most people, most gen pop people, the only consideration would be that that training volume would drops just so that any stress is removed, which obviously yep. see a drop in, in water weight and water retention from that side of things. So we took out, the last like three days of training i was allowed to go and train if i wanted to It'd only be a bit of like light pump work if anything yeah. nothing to failure um steps stayed the same still trying to get as many in as i can never had a step target didn't need to really with how active i was anyway um and then it was just told not to eat like a dick really and that was kind of it keep keep nutrition the same nice and simple and you you can that's a really good approach i think again most gen pop that works amazingly um if you are yeah. someone who's maybe a little bit more advanced you might want to take some more approaches bodybuilders that's a completely different game it's completely yeah. different you know these are people with extremely high levels of muscle and um excessively low levels of body fat like most people in shoot shape like shoot shape compared to stage shape different different ball game altogether oh yeah i, um, I would have needed to lose like another 5kg to be even stage ready and that that difference from getting that extra 5kg off is insane like it's like it's almost its own I would have needed another eight weeks to, to have done that, I reckon. Insane so to, to, to have got down to like, to be like shredded, to be like unbelievably shredded, I'd have needed another eight to 10 weeks, I reckon, of dieting. Yeah, I think, well, yeah. So it's, you take a different approach based, based off the back of that. And um, I think the danger is what the, again, social media, like people just putting out blanket statements. And one of the things you see, I, you, was it Muscle Nerds you said, your coach uh, uh so yeah muscle nerds the, the australian guys are there, yeah. fantastic really really worth following them their advice is great if you haven't done so already amazing so muscle nerds could be a good shout for some information i really like lane norton stuff on on contest prep and i've i've used i use that a little bit during my photoshoot prep again that's more aimed towards bodybuilders again you get a lot of information online and it's it's hard to it, you should always go to someone who knows what they're doing and also um, I would highly recommend Lane Norton's book. The I think it's called The Complete Guide to Contest Prep. Everything I've learned about this whole thing is, is from that. But some of the strategies people use, water loading and sodium manipulation, I cannot stress enough. If you do not know what you're doing there and you're just following stuff you see online, I've seen some fucking horrific advice online with regards to that. You can kill yourself 
Yeah. It's not nope. even if you listen to this and you don't like us, you don't like our advice, you don't like what we've said, please listen take to heed this. to that. You can fucking kill yourself. There's it's not it's not unheard of of bodybuilders dropping dead. Like it's not a regular occurrence, but it's not unheard of of bodybuilders dropping the, dead. Li- lady did that in prep recently. Like two months ago, oh, yeah, there was a lady who, who, yeah, she died of a heart failure, I think. Yeah, right. Or like, so, no, just, just fatigue or something. Like she just went mad. So with with heart failure, I think a lot of this, and you see this actually in like MMA fighters, boxers, when they drop water for fights as well. Your body yeah. wants to maintain homeostasis. Your body has a very uh, has a, a good level of um, sodium and and water. It likes to keep um, within sort of normal ranges. And anytime you try and fuck that up, you try and take an approach to change that to get a drier look or whatever it is, you're messing with that. And your body tries to bring it back to where it is. The, the, the goal of a peak week is to make you one, look the most muscular you can, get as much mus- uh, water in the muscle belly as you can, in the muscle uh, cells as you can. Arguably look a bit drier if you can, um, but just look your best. Ultimately, you're trying to look your best. And the approach people take with water and sodium are fucking dangerous. There's... Um, so with, with stuff like heart failure, you're pushing your sodium levels out of kind of natural ranges. And if your sodium levels drop too much, you can get into a point where you, your blood pressure basically decreases so much that you can experience, you know, but that's not good. If your blood pressure gets extremely low, it's not good. Um, and you'll see increases in aldosterone, which is a water retention hormone. You also see this when people try and deplete water. Or do too much water when people fuck fuck about with their water essentially this is why we're not going to give any specific advice when you fuck about with your water um when you try to deplete water sorry from the subcutaneous level of your of your um your it's like the layer between your skin and your muscle that's the sub subcutaneous uh, layer when you try and get water out that your body's going to try and bring back homeostasis and you reabsorb um water back essentially because of aldosterone rising very similar when people try and deplete sodium it increases the amount of aldosterone which is a water retention hormone and what your body's trying to do there is increase blood pressure so you don't see all these negative effects you see this a lot in um have you ever heard of the marathon the sab marathon de sable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So fucking i've had a few friends yeah I've had, a, I've had a friend from school uh run it but he no got way. to got to mile 34 or something uh because it's like an ultra marathon right yeah, it's, it's not it's just a, it's not crazy. it's not just a marathon, right? So he got to like mile thirty four out of like seventy odd or something and collapsed. So he had to stop. Yeah, so I was, re- I was really guided for him. It's for anyone who doesn't know the marathon de sable and the sable. It's French de sable, um, and the Moab two forty, I think as well. I don't know too much That's, about the Moab yeah. two forty, but the um, marathon de sable is it's like a four or five day marathon through the de- through the desert. Um, yeah. And you have to carry all your kit, all your water, all your food, all your food. there's yeah. limits on the food and water you can take. Um, and it's fucked, but people, um, experience, um, sort of hypo hypernatremia and hypo hypernatremia is basically when your sodium and, and water levels get fucked up. Um, and people really, really fuck you up. Like, um, in mild cases, nausea, vomiting, lightheadedness, headaches in serious cases, coma, death. It's very yeah, similar it's, thing to what's happening here. It's so a very you, crazy thing. You need to be really careful with this stuff. So if you are thinking about taking any of these approaches, please one read lane norton's book it's fucking phenomenal it covers everything but number two 
he's a, and he's a very smart man very very smart man uh, but number two is go to someone who knows what they're doing because yeah do get a coach this decision lightly you are fucking with you know your body systems absolutely um, yeah. we've, we've and, got a coach at the, we've got a coach at the yeah. gym who's just competed and i am 100 percent sure he has no clue what he's doing and taking a lot of extra stuff he is uh, an assisted athlete without a good coach behind him uh, taking liberties be... with people's lives don't you really he, he is yeah he, well, he's taking liberty with his own life because he because he, he he's just unsure what he's doing it's it's a real shame to see mm. but like yeah i think i think in terms of most people gen pop like it depends on how lean you've got like if you're if you're like a 52 kg lean female who's like five foot five five foot six kind of stuff and you're like bottom end of the diet having some sort of like bring yourself back up to maintenance one or two days pre-shoot is probably the best thing to do mm-hmm. but other than that most people don't need to try and look bigger or fuller because unless don't they've dieted it. really really well yeah you don't need it exactly you don't need you don't it need it and to be honest it's the best you you most again most gem pop you probably look in the mirror and you go fuck i look sick don't mess with it because you can you can fuck up a, a shoot as well by by overdoing it and doing it wrong um especially with water stuff sodium maybe there is room for tweaking but again get someone who knows what they're doing carbs is the other one people go with i know there's gonna there's always a big discussion between should you front load should you cut back load front loading is you eat carbs sort of beginning of the week 10 days out uh back loading is you have them all right like right before my personal opinion i really like front loading just because you've got that room to kind of if you fuck things up you've got like a week or so just to bring things back into good ranges so kind of having a higher carb uh, period at the start of the week and then seeing how that affects you. And then if you need to pull things back or, or go a bit harder on things, you've got that room. But if you do it at the back end, you've what you've got 24 hours to fix things. And a lot of times, unless, yeah, time. and I think that that's where it comes down to having a very experienced coach and not yeah. having someone who's trialing it for the first time. But I mm-hmm. think that's when like, like most good coaches will trial peak week, two to three weeks out of the yeah. shoot or a bodybuilding competition i don't have much experience with that and that's not something that i ever want to kind of experience to coach myself or to have someone coach me through i don't need to do a bodybuilding competition i don't need that element of suffering to stand on a stage <laughs> well put it this way right if you listen to this and you're thinking do i need to be taking any peak week approaches no stuff like the hair in tanning yes nice haircut yeah to be honest getting you know enough water in looking after your skincare amazing these are all things that are going to play a big role like if you go and be definitely zits and spots because you've been eating shit food like that's going to affect how the photos come out tan is a big one i did like i remember putting in our group chat i went fuck me how much does a tan affect it like, i went in in the morning i was like i look pretty good here got the tan got home and i was like holy fucking shit like i wish i'd gone darker now i really wish i'd gone darker for my one and i went dark you said go darker than you went and i went darker than you went and i still wish i'd gone darker. i don't think you can go too dark with can, exception i mean of you like can get bronze bodybuilder kind of thing but i mean like you could have got an extra you could have gone twice that's always something to consider hmm. mm-hmm. if i do one again which i probably i probably will do in like maybe like a couple of years just for some banter um yeah. I'll, I'll go darker next time yeah and it's, it's one of those things you learn from it but on the front of water and sodium, no. If you really want to find someone who definitely knows what they're doing, read Lane Norton's book again. Um, but carbs, carbs maybe. That carbs the only one I would say with Gen Pop you can do. But again, you kind of need to know what you're doing and get someone experienced so you don't kind of just 
blow yourself out and look bloated on the day because that, that can be very easy to do. Um, so they're kind of approaches to peak week and then the reverse diet out. This is the bit that we want to kind of nail home because it is the diet after diet. People just see that end goal of the shoot getting down to a new body weight um, as kind of the end of it. It's just it's just the halfway point. You need to kind of get this reverse diet in point. What are your thoughts on reverse dieting? Yeah, I mean, like, um, I've only taken one or two clients through it because that's probably a reflection on me not pushing how important it is. All clients have been adamant leaving post post diet phase, which is frustrating because I don't want that to be the case. I, I want to take people to a point where I'm getting them eating more and still maintaining results. But yeah. out of the two that I have done it, like both of them have like come away eating 2000 plus calories, having more of a, a lifestyle, maintaining body weight of less than one or two kg plus or minus from like where they got down to at their lowest position comparatively to like the 10 kg they've lost together over the course of like eight months or something and that's the probably the biggest takeaway from that is that it's, it's people forget how important it is in understanding like fitness as a progress mm -hmm. i think I, I, I wish more people understood it in turn what, what what do you mean by that well just like like you're not finished yet Oh, right. Okay. Right. Like yeah. The end, yeah, yeah. the end goal is not to can stay eating 1500 calories, 1800 calories, no. 2100 calories for the rest of your life, depending on how big you are. Right. It's getting down to this point where you're now happy with how you look, but then you go through a process of being tougher on yourself to eat good quality food. And instead of calling it good nutrition, you call it normal nutrition. Yeah. It's so and I think it's you're, you're right there. It's, the way I look at it is it's like you've got an old house and you want the new house. You knock the house down, you get the foundations, which is your really lean physique, photo shoot, whatever it is. But now you need to build that house back up. You don't want to just go home and sit on like a concrete slab on the ground. You want a nice house that's got like all the amenities you want. So that's kind of what the, the back end, the reverse diet, the diet after the diet is all about is, is this, you know, building back up from where you got to and, and, and having a better quality living environment from where you were before. Um, it's important. And I think you're right. It's something I'd like to, I, I said it on my stories this morning. I want to really push this now to be in uh, something because also it's quite nice to document things as you're going through it yourself, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. how you approach things. What do you think about um, a big blowout after a shoot? Most people have dieted down. They've been really hard. What do you think about that one day? Do you think, is it good? What, what would you advise to people? Um, I think it's good. Like, 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 like what, what is wrong with like rewarding yourself for doing something so hard for so long? Like, bear in mind, I dieted for 32 weeks consecutively. Oh. I, I have, I have tracked my fitness pal for 250 plus days in a row, no matter what food I ate, no matter how much alcohol I drank on certain days, no matter what I went over on certain days, I tracked every single thing of it. Why not give myself that ability to go, well done. You can have this. Go for it. I don't Absolutely. see, I don't see, a, I don't see an issue with that. As long as you don't, you then go come out of it and like you take those one or two days and then you go, all right, now I'm going to be back on it. I'm going to make the conscious choice, get the food shopping, get the meal prep going. And I think it's about putting structure in place. And what Matt did was a really fantastic thing for me was that we, 
Uh, we finished the calories. <laughs> You're going to hate me for this. We, we finished the dieting phase on 2,155 calories. <laughs> That's me. Just pause for really it. hard at the end. <laughs> <laughs> just, just pause that for a second and just, just like, for a lot of people, that is probably they're going to be their maintenance mm. for, for, for like some people that's even going to be the starting dieting numbers, right? That's where I ended sub 10% body fat, very, very lean, still very, very strong flying business is flying, right? Yep. We then increased our calories directly up to seven, two, seven, seven, two, seven, five, five. So it's yep. an increase of 600 calories straight off the bat, no small reverse diet phase, straight back to maintenance to kind of see where things were going to kind of shake and settle after like one or two weeks. And the easiest way we did that was adding in post-workout meal. Mm -hmm. that was like a straight 600 calories. And he basically took control of that element straight away. So I was left with still the same amount of food that I would normally have. And therefore I had to start making those good decisions again by maintaining that and to maintain the, the feelings of not being hungry by having the high volume of foods, by having the high protein alongside this now new post-workout meal, which is still like delicious it's 90 grams of cocoa pops 350 uh, right. milliliters of semi-skim milk and two scoops of whey protein powder how great. good how good is cocoa pops and protein a protein shake how good is that as a meal it's the fun, Mate, it's so one it's of the best meals quality it's it's just oh mm, good soup. Mm. Oh, unreal mm. <laughs> that, there was us talking about like um like good food quality and um like having variety with our meals and we're like yeah, cocoa pops rocks mate just rocks it's fucking unreal it honestly it does I remember going but that, when, last time I was growing, like in a growing phase, I was like every day it would be like my little, just like I'd come home and just be like, fucking yes, back from the gym, cocoa pops, protein shake. But, like, but like that, but like that's just so, it just shows how easy it is to keep the rigidity of a post dieting phase in place where you have that same, same kind of structure. Mm. Yeah. But you've got to be disciplined on yourself to make that conscious choice. Like, I spoke in my check-in this week that I was feeling hungry, but on reflection, it's because I was eating lesser quality food and not having as much volume. Yeah. Cause your calories are, because I'm, you've got more availability. So you think, fuck it, you know, I'll, I'll have that. And then you, you're eating shit of food. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, go on, go, go. Yeah. I, 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 I can't remember my point now. Crack on. <laughs> I just get so excited to talk. I'm just like, ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, now I forgot my point. Fuck. What are you saying? Cocoa pops, quality of food. Da, da, da. Oh yeah. yeah. I think it's just, it's just important that like, like you're, you're, you finish your dieting phase, you finish your diet. You've had those one or two days where you can eat shit. You can eat whatever you want. Give yourself permission, reward yourself. Just accept you're going to feel like shit in terms of like your gut is going to feel horrendous. Your energy is going to be all over the place. You're going to feel completely out of whack because you're eating food you don't normally eat guts probably not understanding what the hell's going on mm -hmm. just everything's out of like sync and then as soon as you get back on it in the next day is that? yeah like yeah. this is where you need to get your head down and really really knuckle down so this this is this is what i was going to say that's that you remind me now is yesterday was the yeah my shoot was yesterday so after yeah, shoot, yesterday shoot day yesterday about 60 seconds after shoot i ate a, an entire bag of jam donuts just because i was like bear in mind here like bear in mind that's like 1500 calories right straight away so with first meal of the day five jam donuts straight it like and i did it in about 120 seconds like it was it was a sight it was phenomenal it was beautiful it was it was something amazing 
straight off the back of that drove home and I saw I saw this again where if you weren't careful if you weren't aware of what you need to be doing after a diet this is where you can fall off track is I got home and I was like fuck it I'm gonna have some some of this and have some of that and I was like hang on hang on a second calm down if you do this you're going to consume six seven ten thousand calories easily today and I was like fuck right slow down so I, I went through the rest of the day I was like I'm gonna have them I'm having a little treat like at lunchtime, but nothing ridiculous. And then for dinner, I'm having Chinese takeaway and that's it. Had some nice food and I woke up today. I felt horrendous. Not only that, yesterday I, I fell asleep for about four or five hours because it just nice. conked me out because just the quality of food was shit. But also I was eating way more carbs than I usually used to. So I just absolutely just knocked myself out. I woke up this morning, like even doing this podcast now, I'm a little clearer than I was this morning, but I still am struggling to form sentences, re- recall information. Um, and it's, it's like a food hangover kind of thing. Yeah. So my priority was really yesterday is like you said, yeah, enjoy that day. Don't be a cunt with it. I think is, is a good, a good point. Like enjoy that. You've had that thing. Don't be a cunt, but also be prepared that, okay, I've enjoyed that. Now I'm, now I'm on to the next thing. Like if you just, get into that new behavior of eat shit, eat shit, eat shit every single day. You're very quickly going to gain that weight back. Your body, again, metabolic adaptation, your metabolic rate has dropped. You're now able to eat less calories than you were before and not gain weight. So now you're in a very tricky situation that you're, the amount of calories you can consume and not gain weight has dropped, but now you're also eating excess calories and you might be moving less because you thought, fuck it, I've been training really hard. You put all those things together. That is a recipe for weight gain. This is where you need to be very yeah. careful. And something I think I like to preach is now you're going to that reverse diet, treat it as important as that diet that you were dieting down with. And if you do do that within a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you will be in a position where you can have now a lot of foods that you've been craving over the last few months and fit them into your diet very easily because you went about it in a way that was you know, properly managed. And the benefit of that is you gained a little bit of fat, but that's normal. Yeah. You've done it in a way that you haven't just completely blown your physique out of the water and are back on track to where you started from and undoing months of hard work. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's what's key about making sure that like, if you're going and you're doing this reverse dieting period is that you do track still quite a lot of the metrics that you have been tracking before. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's even more important now that you're tracking body weight. I think it's now even more important that you're tracking um, like in terms of body tape measurements, all that kind of stuff so that you're able to see whether you're gaining body fat or actual gaining muscle mass or that you're doing the reverse diet properly. Mm-hmm. So to give you some, some numbers right now, I am five weeks post photo shoot. Yeah. My body weight has gone up by 2.5 kilograms average for the five weeks um okay i still have visible still have visible abs still there yeah but... the photos again this morning if you want to go see them go on jack's Ridiculous. instagram you'll be able to see these photos and you know it's unreal yeah and like sure subcutaneous body fat it's, it's increased a little bit there's a there's a little bit more on there you, you can clearly see that i've gained a little bit of body fat which is normal which is good you'll be holding a bit of water as well wouldn't you as well you look a bit there's, softer and stuff there like is that. definitely some softness coming through just because i'm like i'm eating more carbohydrates like my carbohydrates doubled over the course of like the night so like it's gonna yeah. happen um and then so body weight's gone up by 0.3 kg that is the target for us now for this next phase my aim in the gym is to get stronger so i'm trying to beat my logbook in terms of 
my sets that are six to 10 reps. Mm -hmm. So that's the back offs and loading sets that Matt uses. So we're following that for a bit, but yeah. those, those early sets are the ones that we're trying to push as much as possible to get stronger. And if we can use them to get stronger and body fat's only going up by well, body weight is only going up by 0.3 kg and arms, legs, and chest measurement to increasing in centimeters by like 0.1, 0.2, 0.3, however much it is over the course of time. And umbilical is staying roughly the same, but still at a slower rate. Then we can say that I'm successfully navigating that reverse diet because Agreed. I'm not really adding much body fat. I'm getting stronger in the gym. I'm utilizing my food in a better position. My metabolism is higher. I'm getting stronger. Yeah. But if those measurements are reversed and strength is going up, but your umbilical measurements are going up higher relatively compared to the other ones, then you know that probably the, the calorie amount that you've set yourself on that reverse diet is too high. Yeah. And a reverse diet, I think is as well. It's very, it's, it's weird. I think anecdotally, I've seen it being unbelievably effective in some people. I've, I've had a client who we took up from post diet and I think he was in the high 3000s and he was gaining 0.1 of a kilo a week, like no, almost nothing. Some weeks maintaining weight. Um, I think we did tip into 4K plus calories at one point and then he did start gaining weight a tiny bit faster than we wanted. And we were like, we'll bring it back down a bit. But if you do it really well and you're lucky, I mean, there's going to be genetic and variances, all that stuff. But if you do it well, I'm, I'm relatively lucky on that side. You of can be in a good, you can be in a fucking good spot. Do you know what I mean? Like, um yeah. really really good so i think the diet after the diet it's key you need to you you need to prioritize it just as much as getting lean because um the way joe wrote uh, the way i love the way joe rogan talks about it. he talks about your meat vehicle and i think personally <laughs> you've got you've got one life and you've literally got one meat vehicle to experience that life in and you've got to look after it like you either make time for it and, and put that relationship ahead of everything now or you're going to have to spend a hell of a lot of time looking after it later on when you're old and decrepit or you're getting unwell or it affects your quality of life because you haven't looked after it in the start and if you put a little bit of work in consistently throughout your entire life it, it generally for the most part will reduce the risk that you have to intensely look after it um in a very horrible way for you know the the, the latter end of it or even you know a, another good portion of it so I think that's like massively important. Um, yeah. Amazing. Cool. So we've covered essentially their dieting down. What's the ins and outs of it? What's the realities of it? Um, we're going to jump into a very quick Q&A. I think we've picked three questions that we are going to cover. Jack's fielded some from his followers. Uh, I've got a couple as well uh, today. So we are going to jump into the Q&A section now. So have you got any questions there, Jack? Who are they from? And uh, let's jump on to the first one. Do I only got two? Very simple no and easy. Uh, housemate Liam has asked, "What's the one thing you're struggling with in the gym right now?" Ooh, can we relate that to dieting down as well and a, and a shoot prep? I think struggling within the gym. I think off the back of the shoot, you could you could potentially see that because your calories got lower, your strength and everything's reduced, and you were experiencing a bit of more difficulty recovering. So coming back into a kind of phase where you've got a few more calories available, it's probably the opposite. You probably are going to find that actually you can 
um, push yourself a bit harder and recover a little bit easier than you were before and, and not run into as many kind of aches and pains and, and stuff like that that you were experiencing maybe towards the end of a diet when you're, you know, that last few weeks where you're really pushing things quite hard. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think in, in terms of like pre-shoot, I think there was a psycho like like subconscious thinking that i was getting weaker in the diet even though i wasn't i was probably getting stronger yeah. i think most gen pop people think they're going to get weaker because they've got their their eyes set on like how bodybuilders always talk about getting weaker yes. but it's such a skewed perception of that 90 percent of people are only ever going to get stronger when they're dieting because they have more energy, the metabolism's higher, they push themselves, they're following their logbook, they're trying to beat their logbook. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a skewed perception of, of getting weaker. I, I didn't get weaker. I, I didn't get weaker. And no, that's probably because I kept pushing myself. I still set um, PRs the week before, like I was still yeah. hitting good reps and, and like weight PRs and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah that's a key yeah. one. I think, I think now I, this is a weird one because it probably doesn't relate to it, but um, I'm struggling with how long training is now taking me because I've got exercises that have like three minutes rest because we're, we're going through a strength phase strength, yeah. and, I, and I cannot do that because I then feel like I'm wasting my time because I'd rather than be doing work. I so like for that. me, this, this struggle, the struggle is the struggle is real in terms of the amount of time that training is taken. Yeah. Um, so we've reduced a few sets. We're, we're accepting that strength may not increase to the speed we want to, at the sacrifice of reducing time and then therefore rest periods. Yeah. But at the moment, at the moment I am the biggest thing I'm struggling with is that I am sore training. Training has gone to five days a week, pro split mm -hmm. plus Matt's called it. Uh, it's basically standard bro split with a few bits of legs on the chest and back day. Uh, and I am sore. <laughs> it's kind of a good problem to have though, isn't it? At the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you know, you're kind of moving in the right direction in some regards, but yeah, yeah. what you've said there about, mentally limiting yourself when you're dieting down people go oh well your calories are lower you're going to get weaker don't don't let that get in your head because once you do that you kind of mentally limit your lifts if your cut and your your calorie intake is limiting how much you can lift it will do it on its own you don't have to yeah. auto regulate that it will do it naturally you don't have to think about it go in the gym think about lifting your absolute best lift hard lift strong push yourself for you know improving and you'll generally do pretty well yeah yeah i, I think uh, i think that's just one of the things to remember is don't don't let the skewed perception of what you see on it, uh, instagram fool you absolutely right we've got a question here uh which is was the photo shoot nerve-wracking so did you how do you feel before you shoot were you nervous do you think that affected you what advice would you give maybe to someone who is stepping into a shoot and, and getting ready for it breaking it absolutely bricking it never done anything like that in my life before it was completely different threw me right out into my comfort zone but without the discomfort of doing it you don't know what you're able to achieve um and the worst thing is is that you do something wrong and you just learn from it yeah yeah exactly it's like anything fuck something up you go oh next time i won't do that and like like we were saying before earlier on number one if you if you step in somewhere and a, a bloke's rubbing coconut oil in you in a few minutes <laughs> you're already that's the most most uncomfortable you're gonna be anything beyond that isn't isn't too bad but the other thing is getting a good photographer man like if you have a good photographer again shout out ben mark like he knows what he's doing if you get a good photographer there is nothing to worry about there's you step in they look after you they tell you exactly what to do from how to position your body how to stand what to think about you know 
everything, everything. So a good photographer is absolutely key. Um, okay. Last question. Have you? Let's field one of your questions there. Uh, how many steps on average do you do a day? Mm. That's what I have. Okay. Well, let's let's go with again in in regards to sort of prepping for shoot. And now you said you didn't really have a set target because you've got quite an active lifestyle. Um, I think I think for that. It, yeah, it depends what's, what's your day-to-day -day life like. If, if you're someone who's very sedentary, maybe a step target's quite good because it's going to push you to do the activity that you probably naturally shy away from. Um, yeah. But if you're someone like Jack, if you're someone like Jack, speaking in third person myself, then a, a step target isn't as necessary because, you know, my, my average day at the moment is I walk to, to and from the gym, which is half an hour each way. I go to jiu-jitsu which is about four thousand steps there and back walking uh and in between that i probably go to shop once a day which is two thousand steps like and then on top of that is just general movement about so my step my step um my steps per day is pretty high as it is like it's nothing that i have to focus on too not too much i naturally get what i probably would prescribe to someone who was trying to do this anyway yeah i think that's like one thing you got to remember is that what you would deem as good is what we consider normal. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So, and steps is steps are really good as well. Like there is a, a quite strong correlation between people who sit a lot compared to people who get up and move quite a lot in terms of their, just their general health and, and well-being and, and life expectancy um, and quality of life. One of the best pieces of advice, regardless of being on shoot prep or not, just for general health and well-being, is try and move more throughout the day. Even if you go out for, you know, literally just get up and walk around the house or walk down the road and back. One of the best pieces of advice I can give to that, if you're someone who struggles with it, um, I set four alarms a day now. And then whenever that goes off, I just do 15 minutes of walking. It's nothing too hard. It's nothing too strenuous. I just go out, come back. And that's, you know, that's 15 minutes of walking. That's on days where I'm very sedentary. Like a Monday is generally the most sedentary day I have. Four times a day, that's an hour of walking I've added in that I wouldn't be doing had I not done that. Any uh, closing remarks, final tips, anything you'd like to sort of cover? Um, no, man, I think we've covered quite a lot today. I feel like that the, the main takeaway points is this, right? Your dieting phase is not the end point. There is more to do. There yeah. is more work to do to get you in the best possible position for you to be able to live the life that you currently want. And without going through those sacrifices, you cannot obtain... Um, the, the the easiness of living life at a leaner composition mm -hmm. where you can still eat more absolutely you gotta it's it's the diet after diet that you've got the diet to get to where you want to be and then once you've got there you've got to take an approach to maintain it and, and keep those results for the rest of your life which you can do and is very easy to do it just takes a bit of a switch just like the switch you had to make to start your diet in the first place you have to make a switch to get the, the the maintenance of the results um exactly. thank you very much for coming on jack it's been very enjoyable um yeah, where can people find you what are your socials give yourself a shout out uh sick so my name is jack cherrington yeah it's a really long posh surname i hate it too sometimes um you can find me at jac underscore fitness underscore that is instagram i don't really use anything else Amazing. because i don't need to um but yeah it's been a pleasure really thank you so, thank you so much for having me on fantastic um for anyone who's listening, thank you very much for listening, getting this far. If you've uh, managed to bear it out, um, congratulations as well. Um, and I look forward to seeing you all on 
the next podcast. Thank you very much, Jack. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.